All right, everybody, welcome to Yeah, But Still. Ooh. Today we have um, an episode we've been trying to make happen for a while, actually. I'm, I'm very excited about this, um, it, but it's a little different. We have um, some guests joining us very soon. This episode is going to be focused on um, the now-released documentary, Feels Good Man, um, which is a story about Matt Fury and um, Pepe the Frog, um, for those... For those of you familiar with this, um, and it's a very good documentary. Brandon, you just saw it yourself. It's a it's a great doc, uh, and we've we've got the director Arthur Jones and the subject Matt Fury, and uh, yeah, I, I mean most people I think know who Pepe is, but maybe don't know the full history, the full story behind it. Yeah. He's had many lives, and we do. I do want to stress that we have the director of the documentary Arthur Jones, but we also have Matt Fury himself, creator of Pepe the Frog. Right. And I well, think that's worth noting. Creator of, creator of Boys Club, wherein Pepe was a character. Certainly. I bring that up not to credit him, but to uh, credit ourselves, really. You know, I think um, it's worth noting that this there's been many podcasts talking about this documentary. Not many oh, yeah, of they- them have actually gotten Matt Fury on the pod. Absolutely. I mean, there's, there's been, they're on a, they're on, they're doing the rounds. They're doing the they're rounds. On press tour. They're, they're on a, they're on a pod tour. They're doing press for their, their doc, but you know, there's certain pods that also did a feels good man episode that did not have Matt Fury. I mean, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not, I'm not gonna name names. I'm not naming names either. But you know, some, some, you know, there's a certain podcast, uh, rhymes with, uh, Napo, uh, Bap Bouse, Bap Mouse, you know, Napo Bap Mouse, for sure. Uh, Many podcasts. They didn't. didn't they get didn't him. get Fury. Matt was looking know? down the list of podcasts he could do, and he was going, "Nope, nope." Yeah. I mean, absolutely they've, not. They've nope. got the they've got the six digits a month, but we got we got Fury on the pod. Keep that. They could keep it. They we have the respect. That. You guys, you, you can't yeah, buy respect. You know, respect, that's that's priceless. Absolutely. You know, you could go ahead and keep that Patreon money. We'll keep our Patreon money too, much less Patreon money. <laughs> sh- but we will keep it also. We're not giving yeah. that away by it's any a, means. It's, you we're we're going to be good, keeping that. But we're also keeping the respect. Level, but we're keeping the respect. We're keeping the respect. But, um, so anyway, we just wanted to, I, I, I do think you should watch this documentary 100%. I love it. Um, I think that, like, is the only political leaning I mean it's kind of a political doc it's inherently political but it's the only one I've seen in the last 4 years that is worth watching and accurately depicts the time we've been living in um in an intelligent way I don't think it's way. the only political doc uh of the past few years that's I think there's been a, but what I else? I think it's name one uh Fahrenheit 119 is good is it yeah I haven't seen it okay one of two then <laughs> that captures but the I, political I think, climate. I think it's the first documentary I've seen that has uh, tried to address the current moment online in a way that uh, isn't, you know, uh, cringe for the lack of a better word. It's, exactly. Uh, yeah. It's but yeah. It's it's a really good like objective documentary. It's a, it's a, it's a really good. It, it's it's a really compelling tale. Matt Matt Fury has lived a a crazy life that he did not ask for absolutely um, did not ask for yeah and so it it is a, it's it's a very very fascinating doc 
Um, and yeah, I, I also recommend watching. So it. definitely go watch it before you listen if you can. If not, I'll give you the basic rundown of Pepe the Frog for for all of you who aren't completely who are lucky enough to not completely live on the internet. Um, in other words, normal pilled. If you're a normal pilled person, you might Although not know. I the will full say I I think even even the most normal pilled people most of them know who, who people Pepe have probably is, seen pepe the frog peripherally yeah yeah they don't probably don't maybe not know his full autobiography um right. but so basically matt fury invented uh pepe as part of the comic boys club like an indie comic and it's just a completely normal character that has nothing to do with what he's eventually become he's a frog that lives with his friends and um <laughs> he became a meme incidentally years later so he's pepe became a me, a big meme that took many forms but you know just a normal internet meme from like 2008 all the way until 2014 he was just like a a character on the internet it was totally fine like just how a meme used to be and he got big enough where in 2015 i'd say that pepe kind of like went mainstream um and you know he was like kind of all over the place he was uh it's sort of like left 4chan and reddit and then i i that's when like 4chan this is still before 2016 4chan decides like for fun they should ruin pepe for normies so he starts like they start making like nazi versions of the memes um basically like you know just your classic um you know really cynical 4chan like chaos prank you know but right it was just like, oh, like Cardi B or whoever is posting this. Why don't we fucking ruin him and make him like try to make him a Nazi associated thing? Meanwhile, right. Matt Fury's asked for none of this. He still <laughs> is like, this has nothing to do with his comic. And then for me, like for me, I'd say this is where I went really south. It's like uh, it's the alt right starts to develop and take form. But it's just like they're just on the Internet. It's just a bunch of 4chan people that are calling themselves that. In fact, Brandon, I think you were the first person to really explain like the term to me. I didn't know a name for it, but back in the day, I remember you explaining this to me. Um, oh yeah. But then I'd say this is when it went really south. Is like September 2016. It's like Hillary Clinton's like making her final efforts to swing this election, and I remember her getting on TV and doing this press conference about the alt right, like condemning these internet people, basically. And then doing a page on her website, which included a, com a condemnation of Pepe the Frog. And then <laughs> right. what followed yes. is that the Anti-Defamation League labeled him a hate symbol. Which to me is like, it legitimized the silliness that was taking place on the internet, you know? Um, right. And it just gives so much fuel to the people who are just trying to provoke a reaction. And then... Of course, like when that happens, that's when you see like Donald Trump start using Pepe on purpose, Roger Stone, Richard Spencer. That's where it starts to like actually become embraced by people who aren't just fucking around. Right. Once again, Matt Fury has asked for none of this. <laughs> like yes. now yeah. his his character is considered a hate symbol. It's just this insane story. And Matt Fury is like the nicest character most like soft-spoken dude like the sweetest guy which you'll hear yeah. very soon and he's well, just been on this roller coaster and does not know what to do and somebody somebody made the made the point that uh 
when you watch when you watch the documentary you kind of you kind of get the you you get the impression that Matt Fury is I mean he he seems he's seems like such an angel. Oh right? yeah. He just seems just seems like such a like chill guy, right? Uh you get and somebody somebody else made made the point that uh when you when you watch Feels Good Man, it feels like Matt Fury uh doesn't like the Nazi Pepe memes uh just because it's bad vibes. Yeah, no <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. You know? Uh-huh. Um, and that is, uh, I think, uh, you know, very, very accurate. That's, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it, it he is, uh, yeah, he's such a fucking angel and he did is. not ask for any of this. And it's a crazy, crazy story that I can't plug this enough. I think it's really important to watch, but you know, I, I highlight that moment as a turning point for me. Like, I think that's the worst. If, if I could remove any step from this like snowball effect it would be that because i think that's when it actually turned bad you know like right. it's like because it, it was set a precedent too on the internet where it's like oh all of these people who are just individuals online just trying to cause chaos in their own small way it was in a vacuum but then like those efforts were never legitimized you know like that right. legitimized the efforts where it's like oh like wait we could actually do this shit and then the rest is history. That's just like the new reality we live under, you know? Yeah. Where it's like now we have to, because like after that too, then it's like, oh, we have to like treat this frog as something that we should be afraid of, you know? It's like, oh, wait, right. like, wait, we have to, I have to look at Pepe and be like, oh, that's bad. That's a bad froggy. It yeah. just like, <laughs> it really flipped everything fucking upside down. It, it just legitimized things that should have continued to exist in the vacuum you know um but definitely watch the documentary um you know we um we're gonna bring on matt fury and arthur jones to discuss this but we're both uh big fans which is why we're you know we're making a point to plug this thing so go rent this movie um it's available everywhere we'll put a link in the description but please rent it this is an independent film um the the networks wouldn't touch this it's too hot. Yeah, yeah. Too, which it's is fucking hot. stupid. It's too hot for TV. Literally stupid. By the way. Yeah, I mean it. It is such a that encapsulates I mean, you watch why it's the, stupid. Right. Like it is. Uh, it is crazy that none of the streaming platforms picked it up. It kind of like it's, yeah. It makes it a flawless movie in that sense where like even in the release of it, we're dealing with the absurdity of the Pepe, where it's like oh no. Oh, we no, we could not release the frog, the Pepe the Frog documentary, <laughs> right? Like, like it's so fucking stupid. So anyway, no, yeah, it's it's a very, uh, I mean, it's a really wholesome movie. Yeah, it's honestly. great. You gotta see it. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's an amazing story about Matt Fury, this um, comic book artist who's just like got caught up in this fucking huge mess. Um, yeah. So, hundred percent, go watch it. Um, I think it's an instant classic, and. Um, Unless you have something else to add, Brandon, I'd say. No, yeah. Uh, here's here's the here's our interview here's our with interview. Arthur Jones and Matt Fury. Welcome to the episode. Still.
joining us today, we have director, creator, well, okay, you told me what you wanted to be called, but you did a lot of things in this documentary. We have Arthur. Director, director's fine. Director. Director, okay, Arthur Jones, uh, creator, director, animator of the film, Feels Good Man, uh, documentary specifically, and we have, um, I'm very excited to have him, the subject of the film, Matt Fury, is joining us as well. Um, and of course, we have my co-host Brandon right there, sitting there. Hey, what's up? Like, what's up? <laughs> but anyway, what's up? welcome to the podcast, guys. Um, me and Brandon are both fans outside of this. Um, we love the documentary, but we're we're both fans of your work. Pre-controversy, pre-controversy okay. fans, I'd say. Um, and and the documentary, I loved it. It's finally out. I recommend everybody goes and sees it right now. And Brandon, you just watched it. I would it, say right? I would say watch it. Uh, yeah, I mean, I watched it um, last night. It's it's fresh. It's fresh in my mind, and I would I would recommend that everybody pause this right now, go go watch it, and then loop back. Just take a two hour break, and come back. Yeah. Come back. It's a, a, a hour and a half. Well, if you see if you see the film, it'll be a more interesting conversation for sure. Right. 100% yeah. Get into some of the making of stuff. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's probably gonna be fine if you haven't listened to it, but I think personally that you should. That you should listen to it. Uh, you should watch it, watch the movie first, and then listen to this. Fucking, uh, you know, it, yeah. We'll go watch it and then come back. Fair enough. Um, I, well, we're really excited to have you guys. Um, Matt, how's it been going? You've been doing a lot of press. Is it chaotic, or are you liking the podcast lifestyle? <clears throat> uh, yeah, I got a, a, a couple of different opinions on it uh half of me loves it half of me uh is kind of um not as into it but uh yeah i'm here uh, i'm ready to rock and uh, good morning vietnam <laughs> i mean i don't know it's yeah the the fatigue you must feel right now doing like weeks of promo about like what is like kind of traumatic yeah for for the few people listening right now who just straight up don't know what we're talking about, Matt Fury, you basically were used as a political football for so many years and had nothing to do with it. And I, I have to imagine you're completely exhausted. Um, and then it's even weirder to probably be going on these podcasts where there's people with like a, a range of understanding of this complicated situation. To a certain extent, I, I, I assume that it's like now you have to ex explain it over again to people, you know, who maybe don't even yeah. understand it. Well, I, I don't really like football and I don't really like politics, but I, I do listen to podcasts. So, um, you know, the cool thing about podcasts is, is you know, it's, it's especially these days, it kind of feels like you're just hanging out with somebody. So I like, you know, I like the vibe of podcasts and, and, and I definitely like podcasts better than just talking to like a, you know, like a journalist or something like that who has kind of, they already kind of have their story and, uh, you know, they ask me questions that kind of, um, will fit the narrative or fit their story. And, and the story is usually um, pretty uh, dramatic. So, um, you know, I, I try to be relatively drama free in my life, but um, some reason the drama just catches up with me and, uh, and then I have to talk about it, but uh, it's good to talk about stuff and uh, it's good to get together with people and, uh, and, and talk and, and heal and vibe and be friends. Well, thank, well, welcome to the fucking good faith conversation, Thunderdome, bitch. Cause <laughs> This no angles here. What uh, what's that one? What's a what's a shape with no angles? That's where with that shape. A circle, like a circle. <laughs> yeah, so like a circle. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, we have no, we have no hidden I feel agendas. like a circle after making this film. I've put on like 50 pounds. I feel like yeah. we're circling the drain. There we go. <laughs> yeah, when did you Damn, start? Okay, fucking when... smoking cig on pod. Oh, yeah. Hell yes. Have you guys watched Ghostbusters recently? No. Uh, Not recently, no. Like the original Ghostbusters, those guys are like smoking in all these scenes. It's weird. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, you don't remember it, but they're just like. Well, it was like so many movies up until. When did that even stop? There, I think there was a law passed eventually where it was like, oh, you can't put smoking in something that's like targeted to kids. Maybe there might be a law in in that sense, or maybe it just became a complete faux pas. Oh, was was Ghostbusters just funded by Big Tobacco? I do love just how grimy Ghostbusters is, how disgusting New York looks at all times. I mean, oh, yeah. it's great. It's so isn't great. There a, isn't there a law that you can't have a movie where uh, a ghost fucks you in a, in a kid's movie? <laughs> you can get a BJ, though, from a ghost. That's, oh, isn't yeah, that yeah, what yeah. happens to Oh, yeah, did, yeah did he, he gets top from he, a ghost. He gets yeah. sucked off by a ghost. <laughs> oh, we've talked about that, too, haven't we? I think we talked about the, the question of would you let it, if, if it happened, would you let it keep going? You know, yeah. If a ghost started, uh, oh yeah, 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 yes. <laughs> like how we wound up here so quickly into this without asking <laughs> one, and to see if you're, uh, yeah, I was, yeah, I was like, guys, you gotta watch the movie before you <laughs> listen to this conversation. <laughs> and then they you, got, you need to, please, please understand that you need to watch this film before. You listen to us have this conversation. There's probably like one or two people that paused it, bought the documentary. Watch the film Ghostfuckers. Watch the entire thing. Oh, yeah. You guys, by the way, if you're listening, you should also pause it to watch the film Ghostbusters to really understand the blowjob scene we're discussing. So Yeah, you got to, one, one through three, uh, you got to watch the animated series. Uh, you got to watch Lady Ghostbusters. You got to watch the lady one? And then, and then get back to us. Okay, yeah. So pause it. Watch watch the entire Ghostbusters canon. Um, yeah, dude. I speaking of smoking inside, I recently saw an item for sale on eBay that like blew my mind, which is a McDonald's ashtray. I mean, you could smoke in McDonald's. When when did that stop? Like the early '90s, I think. Because I remember my grandpa used to like watch me a lot, and he would wake me up at five in the morning to go hang out with his World War II buddies. They would like meet up at McDonald's. So I, I I know about this, but I only have foggy memories. But like, like I remember all those guys like just ripping cigs before sunrise inside of McDonald's and like eating egg McMuffins. And it's so <laughs> I weird. I remember that exact ashtray. It's like a little like yeah. old looking copper disc ashtray. Copper disc. They had a glass one too. But the idea. Oh, classy. It's so weird to imagine that now. In a McDonald's, like not only can you smoke, they're providing you ashtrays that are branded with the company logo. Yeah, once um, again, but I digress. I'm, I'm, but I'm I really digress. glad that you guys paused this podcast <laughs> and watched all of the documentary before before coming back to this. Okay, well, <laughs> let's dive into it. Um, I love the documentary. I think it's awesome. Um, I know Brandon has questions. I have kind of questions, comments. I sort of just am interested in discussing all of it with you guys. Um, to me, I think this is like the doc is a perfect. Um, artifact and representation of just how absurd things got over the last four years absurd and just completely stupid like just like i i've whined about this a lot that we're living in the stupidest um time culturally right now just absolutely 
everyone's losing IQ points by the day. Just being alive and like, if you're tapped into the matrix, you're just like losing HP, losing IQ points every second. It's like you're walking around in poison gas in a video game, just like taking damage. I, I saw this. And I'm like, oh, this is the perfect, this is the perfect documentary to show somebody like, yeah, this is what happened um, in this era. And unless everything keeps going, but it's, it's amazing to see just like this transition of like literally a random comic becoming a meme. And then like this extremely dumb war between like the internet and like neolibs, which I, I consider the kind of like the neolibs to be the real villains here in my opinion. Um, and then all of a sudden, like Pepe, Wait, I don't. This... I, that that seems like a. I I'm not gonna agree there. In in the context of what happened to Matt, I think so. Like I think, um, in terms of it becoming what it did, absolutely, yeah. It was like right. a dumb internet thing. It was a dumb internet thing. Like essentially, you know, Pepe was a huge meme for so long, which was like the cool phase of it. I'm sure for you, Matt, you're probably like, oh, n- neat. Like my character is really popular all of a sudden. And when before it turned south, you know, um, yeah, definitely. You know, you know, back when when it started, it, it was a long time ago. You know, um, <clears throat> back in the in the early aughts. I don't know when Pepe became a meme. Maybe it was like I think it peaked in like 2010, maybe. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was just kind of uh, enjoying it. It, it. it seemed kind of funny. To me. Well, it was like innocuous at the time. There was, it wasn't attached to any anything larger. You know, yeah. it was like water. Yeah, but in right. terms of, the, of these days, you know, the way that I'm kind of just dealing with with all of the um, kind of internet-based stuff is, you know, I've kind of checked out a, a social media and stuff like that, and I, I've been researching a lot of kind of like uh, mindfulness stuff. And uh, you know, really, it's up to everybody individually to kind of um, detach themselves from this compulsion to like uh, constantly be checking your your feed or checking your Instagram or, or Twitter or whatever, and actually. Um, you know, use this time that we have to ourselves, um, you know, during quarantine and stuff to, to like, uh, to just maybe read a book or something. Like I just started yeah. uh, Cosmos by Carl Sagan last night. And, and I'm just trying to, um, you know, to own my mind and not let um, all the chatter own it because, um, you know, people like to just see what's happening and check in all the time and check in with the news. I'm watching way more news now than I ever did. And I have to stop doing that too. And just kind of create my own reality. Yeah. yeah, I've really been promoting a healthy level of disengagement. You know, getting getting normal pilled. Yeah. Yeah, Brandon's <laughs> working on that. He's sl- Brandon's yeah, trying you, to get you, more normal. You got to kind of think bigger. You know, think think exactly. outside. Of, think outside of your own little bubble. And, and yeah, fucking uh, read a book, take a walk. Like, yeah, it's not. There's no reason to. Yeah, it's it's uh very bad, very bad for your brain, and it, there's no reason to like wallow in that and just spend all day being like, man, this sure is bad for your brain, huh? Right, guys? Uh, you can just not fucking be on it. Yeah, and it feels great. Yeah, like happiness. Uh, happiness is kind of a place, and you can tap into it. You can take some responsibility for your own happiness, and you can you can really just um just own it and, and tap into it and um and not not let all this stuff get you down that's great yeah. i mean it's good advice i'm trying to do that as well i've been doing a lot of projects mostly but i mean you like once again if you haven't seen the doc you like you kind of got to but i mean 
it's, it's good to hear that you're fully zenning out a bit because like I was stressed on behalf of you just like watching all the shit you had to go through <laughs> and like yeah like, yeah my mind goes dark sometimes when I'm, when I'm thinking about that and thinking about you know just just having um just the 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 kind of collective consciousness kind of you know people's ideas of, about Pepe or about the internet and all this stuff just kind of uh take hold take hold of you um i don't know there, there's ways of dealing with it that are, that are positive and um i don't know uh, yeah definitely uh getting into your own projects and your own creativity and stuff i mean that's how that's how i deal with things you know i kind of use art as, as therapy for myself so so um you know if i'm thinking about weird stuff i, I like to just draw characters and situations that that can kind of reflect whatever kind of negativity i'm thinking about and, and it helps to kind of release me from those thoughts well, yeah, I mean, it seems like you had, I mean, like, Boys Club, you know, had a, has, has a fan base, and, but it's like a very healthy level of fame. Like, it's a healthy fan base, where it's like, you can create this thing that people love, but, you know, it's not, nobody's bothering you. And then, all of a sudden, you're, like, accelerated into, like, monoculture in the worst fucking possible way that you have no control over. And, you know, that does sound like hell. And you do express that in the doc. But, you know, it sounds like you're very, you're, you're keeping your brain very healthy right now. And that sounds great. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. Like, uh, reality kind of here in California does feel kind of like hell. You know, the, you know, it was <laughs> snowing ash the other day. The sun is like blood right. red. It, it It's insane. And then, you know, there's a, there's a mysterious disease on the loose and uh, all this misinformation and, you know, all this stuff. But, you know, if you, if you try to think, um, think bigger, you know, think about geological time or think about, you know, yourself, you know, many generations from here, you know, what, what do you want to leave behind and, and what do you want to do right now to, um, to be a, a positive impact, impact on yourself and others. And, you know, really um, everybody can just um, uh, do their best, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Only, only way to win the game is to not play baby. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, it is a game. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what was I, I was starting to make a point before, but I, I really did love this and um it's just it really captures like how stupid things we have become <laughs> you know because like and brandon well, i knew you objected to it before oh i'm sorry arthur did you oh no i was just gonna say we didn't think things could get stupider we finished the movie in january and things definitely got a lot stupider <laughs> well <laughs> i mean i guess this is just a case study for stupid and now we're moving into sort of like stupid 2.0 yeah, but, I mean, yeah, it's, everything's it's gonna weirder. keep accelerating. Our brains are too primitive for the the rate of acceleration. Culture is gonna keep getting so much fucking dumber, um, and the only solution is just fucking parachute out. Just fucking <laughs> like whatever you can do to just fucking parachute out of it. Fucking do it. It's the only solution to like not go fucking insane. Yeah. Well, um, should we have a suicide prevention number now? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean is this yeah, sponsored by like know. a suicide prevention hotline? Or yeah, we really everyone should've... go commit suicide, then come back and listen. To yeah, the we really should have. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Ma I mean, Matt's being. Yeah, we should have a link in the script. Matt's being <laughs> for the past like six months. 
Matt's being really positive and being like, yeah, meditation's important. I'm actually really good and happy. And Brand's <laughs> like, yeah, totally. I want to kill myself too, dude. <laughs> yeah, this fucking sucks. I hear you. I hear you, man. But, you know, he's, he's at peace escaping the, you know, the bullshit, bro. You know that. Yeah. You know, you know, you know me and Matt are, he's fucking, he gets it. They know. Um, what was I saying before? I mean, I, I look at the last four years, you know, it's like we're all the frog in the boiling pot of water, you know, culturally. Um, Pepe the frog in the boiling pot of water. Um, but it's like, you know, our surroundings have just gotten so, so dumb. So <laughs> like a pace that's really steady till we, we don't notice. And this doc just really does a good job of capturing it. And Brennan, I was saying that you objected um before to me like kind of blaming like neolibs but to me like yeah, all that's because there's like actual like mass shooters that were you know, certainly yeah, and white supremacists certainly but, yeah, but so. i think but i think um but i think in terms of the story of pepe i look at it as like it was a dumb internet thing and it was legitimized by institutions who used it as a a expedient political play right like i look at it as like that that hillary clinton press conference about the alt-right like gave those people more ammo than they ever could have dreamed of, you know? Oh, of course. And I then mean, she was, she was fumbling, fumbling that ball. And then the ADL, nonstop. ADL calling Pepe a hate symbol. It's just like, first of all, I look at that as like, what's the fucking point of that? Like, what's that going to do? Like, what is yeah, that no, going to do? They gave them power. And then that's when Richard Spencer and them will use it. Cause it's like, oh yeah, they're going to do whatever they can to just get a rise out of people. And it's like, like that's when it crossed into just like the dumb cycle of the dumb snowball rolling down the mountain where it's like, okay, now it's like in the hands of people who are just going to have a proxy war involving this frog. Like It's so silly. And the documentary does a great job of capturing how absurd it is. And then meanwhile, Matt is like just sitting there like, dude, I didn't ask for any of this. <laughs> like, I just want to draw comics. And, um... I don't know. I just thought the, the job, uh, the doc does a great job of that. And it's like, it's a, it's a great tool to show somebody who doesn't like either wasn't fully paying attention or maybe down the road, um, hopefully things get better and you'll be able to show people this and be like, Oh, that's what we lived through back then that we are all fighting about frogs, you know? <laughs> well, I mean, I hope that the movie is a step in us maybe coming to that larger cultural understanding of how the attention economy affects all of us. I mean, that certainly was the goal that, um, you know, as filmmakers, myself and then uh, Giorgio Angelini, who uh, produced the film and was really kind of, uh, he, you know, we worked in tandem making it together. That was some of our goals for sure. It's just like, how do we really document this moment that feels of the moment? It doesn't feel like preachy or moralistic or anything like that. It feels of the artistic moment that's happening right now, but also sort of stands a part of it and, um, you know, to the side of it. It was pretty and apolitical, so, too. I thought, I, I thought it was pretty apolitical, too, which I liked. You guys, like, kind of just told the facts and, like, didn't really have, like, a spin on it, really. You just told this story that kind of stood on its own. That was our goal, for sure. That was our goal in making it, because we didn't want to just kind of fall into this, like, one particular narrative that I feel like everyone comes to Matt's story already having, like, oh, well, he's the guy that drew the Nazi frog. And it's like, no, 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 we're we're kind of peeling that back and we're really sort of talking about the entire system um, that created this unique situation. 
So yeah, that was certainly our, our goal in making it because also we felt like we had a unique opportunity because it is about Pepe the Frog that people on both sides of the cultural divide would watch it and maybe have different sort of conclusions about it. And so yeah, I mean, that was something uh, we were pretty aware of when we were making it. I, uh, I mean, I, I was like initially wondering like, oh, how do you approach this without, you know, making trolls double down and, uh, you guys did a great job of just making a you know uh this this movie that's like just a, a really objective time capsule and you know it's it's just it's a great it's a i mean it's a great doc and so you know there's no there's no entry point really for a, you know there's no like soft spots for anybody to like poke at you know it's it's a kind of bulletproof doc yeah, that was, um, I mean, we had so many conversations while we were editing about that and we had done edits that felt like it had gone one, one, like it had, it had slipped into one side of thinking or another story. And we would always kind of try to bring it back to this other more nuanced, um, narrative. And then we also just kind of wanted it to have like some poetry to it. You know, I mean, I think like even people that, um, watch the doc and maybe feel, um, upset by some thing in it will still sort of recognize the uh, film has this other sort of artistic core to it that um, right. we hope is like deeper than just like the doom scroll of, you know, the 2015, 2016 moment. Yeah. You said parts of the doc that might make people uncomfortable. Is there anything that's like that has so far people have, has there been anything that's like riled people up? Uh, well, yeah. I mean, um, we, we, People always want to ask us about trolling or the, the negative impact, but, you know, the negative impact that it might reflect back on us as filmmakers or Matt. But the reality has been it's actually like really been positive. We've gotten way more um, emails from people saying that the film surprised them um, or touched them or made them think about something slightly differently than people just randomly trolling us. You know, um, certainly there's those comments you might see on Facebook or YouTube, but those are just like these public comments made by mostly anonymous people. But the the contact that we've had actually has been pretty, um, even the people that disagree with the film, um, they'll at least come to us with kind of like some sort of like smarter critique. Um, and, you know, I've actually, f I've found some of my, it's been nice to know that some of my fears have not been confirmed about it. Like, if anything, people are kind of actually really ready for this story. Yeah. Because everyone has been living through the deluge of information. All this shit is going past us so fast that people actually kind of want something that addresses the complicatedness of that. Well, yeah. And I also think, like, the the original trolls with that used Pepe are probably way moved on at that point. Like, I think they've been moved on. They've moved on a long time ago. And, and the people who remain, one of my favorite people in the doc was, like, that bitcoin guy who bought like the expensive pepe card oh my god the fucking pepe cash millionaire for people who haven't seen it like the, the lambo yeah what did he do yeah, it's like peter 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 cal there's yeah. a brutal i've never seen somebody mismatch their car more than that dude like i'd never really thought about it but like he has this ridiculous lamborghini but he doesn't have the vibe to drive it yet like he does not like his shoulders are a little too tense. He's not like I disagree entirely. You think, think he has he, the vibe? Very very comfortable. I mean, yeah, he looks like an asshole. 
It didn't. He did uh, not match his car at all. He was like, you you look at him. You're like, dude, why does this guy have a Lamborghini? And then like the thing comes up like Bitcoin trader or whatever. Like it's revealed at a certain point. Well, the, there's a meme in Bitcoin about Lambos. Oh, like, for so sure. He, yeah. He was he was specifically driving the Lamborghini because he wanted to appear in the film. Um, and I think he doesn't have a Lamborghini now. I think he has a McLaren. Oh, OK. Yeah, oh, OK. Like, yeah. You know, like there's this meme in Bitcoin that's about like um, take take a Lambo to the moon, like you'll have so much Bitcoin that you'll be able to basically retire early. And that, that fantasy would be to take a Lamborghini to the moon, which is just like some sort of like libertarian pipe dream. Like, Oh, I just want to go to this place where no humans are and have no com community with all my dumb shit. And that's like, that's our dream for the future is yeah. Yeah. That was, let's, a let's go to the moon with a really cool car and everyone will just leave us alone. Mom's not going to knock on the door and tell me to clean up my room. I like that part. Cause it just kind of captured like, that era of stupidity where it's like oh these are the people who now are like fighting over this and like he's buying how much did he pay for the pepe card was it well it's um uh, people always ask about that uh um so he paid about forty thousand dollars usd for a jpeg of pepe the frog kind of mixed with homer simpson <laughs> um but I think that that's about a quarter million in Pepe cash, which is this like niche cryptocurrency that's um, that's, you know, it, it's tied to Bitcoin. Uh, like Bitcoin is sort of the gold standard of crypto. And then Pepe cash is like this very specific niche um, currency. And then with Pepe cash, you can buy Pepe uh, memes that are put out by this group of guys who run something called the rare Pepe directory or the rare Pepe wallet. And they release series of pepes that kind of look like pokemon trading cards but they're just they're jokes they're memes um but it's kind of also playing on this like old joke about a rare meme economy yeah. so they're kind of they took this joke of the rare meme economy and then actually turned it into a little mini economy and those guys all um there's an open trading floor where they have like an like a, i don't know if it's on skype or discord or what but they have a trading floor where they talk to each other all the time and trade their Pepe cash. I just lost five IQ points learning that. There we go. That was a uh, I mean, mind melting. That man's that man's rich, but at what cost? At what cost? And Matt, you you don't get a cut of the Pepe cash or the Pepe coin. I mean, that seems. Uh, <clears throat> as... No, I th I thought it was funny in the film where like uh, you know I think there's a scene of me like loading up T-shirts in my like dirty scion 2006 scion and then it cuts to the lambo yeah and i thought that was that was pretty smart to to kind of just juxtapose <laughs> the the two kind of ideologies or whatever but um if you yeah i don't know you know to circle back to to stupidity um I, I glean a lot of inspiration you know for my comics or in my own creativity from just all this stupid stuff in our culture like um you know, I, I was a big fan of Beavis and Butthead and, uh, you know, Ren and Stimpy and stuff like that. And um, I remember the night of the election in 2016, uh, instead of watching the um, uh, the results of the election, um, my lady Ayana and I watched um, uh, Mike Judge's Idiocracy. Classic. And then so we, we watched that and then woke up the next morning to um, the news and uh, even got a text from, from a friend of ours. Um, uh, where where Pepe was like on the cover of the weekly, um, and it said it's like what the fuck, and it was like Pepe, like it just said what the fuck with Pepe on it, and that was totally weird. Yeah, um, I mean you you didn't miss much that election night. It was probably a good decision. Although that movie is famously 
kind of predicted the future. So you're not, you weren't yeah, escaping that I think that we're hard. about to drop Mountain Dew on these wildfires yeah. in California. <laughs> <laughs> we're not far from it. Um, yeah. Code I mean, red. that's like, yeah. oh man, Brandon, do you have a question? I, I'm, I've been asking a lot. Oh, oh well, I did want to talk about that, that dude, John Michael Greer. Oh in yeah. The documentary. Fucking obsessed with this guy. Do, do you remember this guy, Jack? Which one was he? He was the, uh, you watched, you watched it like a month ago. I, I watched it last, last goddamn night. I watched it the moment <laughs> they sent me the link. I know. I was, but uh, I, I was like, I, I'm. This is this is fresh. Yeah, this is fucking fresh in my brain. So what, uh, what's up with yeah, this guy? John Michael John Michael Greer, he's he's like an occultist slash scholar. Oh yeah, uh, I do remember that yeah. guy. I thought, <laughs> I yeah, like, like <laughs> got like a wizard beard and you know, incredible vibe. Oh, wasn't he like talking about like how? Like Pepe is like enchanted or some shit. Like, yeah, at one point he's like talking about like the habituates of the chans. Yeah, it is amazing um, to picture him on 4chan. Just as a guy who's <laughs> probably in his early 60s, and um, he's he yeah he's he's an he's a a self made academic and occultist. He was North America's premier arch druid for a period of time. <laughs> um, he's written over 40 books on magic. And, um, you know, he was someone that we had always known that we were going to have to address like meme magic in the film, because that's something that people online talk about so much. Um, but we were looking for like a, a, a way to break that story that was actually going to be like really interesting and visually provocative. And Giorgio, uh, my collaborator in the film, was on the Chris Hayes podcast and um, mentioned Feels Good Man briefly. And... Um, I remember when he mentioned it, I was like, God damn it, Giorgio, we're trying to keep this on the down low. But it actually worked well because we got he got an email from a fan of John Michael Greer's and was like, hey, there's this guy who's actually been doing some really interesting writing on his blog about uh, Pepe the Frog. And but Pepe the Frog specifically through like the lens of um, uh, esoteric symbology and all this sort of stuff. So he'd written a number of blog posts and the blog post that he'd written had like 400 comments. He has a he's a blog called Eco Sophia, and so he had this blog post on Pepe and had over 400 comments with people talking about how Pepe is like this archetypal character and about how frogs have always meant something throughout the last thousand years of like sort of religious iconography or, you know. And uh, I just then I Google Googled him and he has this amazing look, and um, so we started talking on the phone and he's a lovely guy, um, but perhaps a little hard to um, coordinate with. And he was also like just weird. He didn't know who I was, obviously. I'm just like some random guy calling him about a Pepe the Frog documentary. But we eventually convinced him to uh, do it. And the other reason I kind of liked him is because I felt like he kind of maybe vibed with Matt's worldview in an interesting way too. I felt like it was maybe like um, something in the film that, you as an audience member, you have to engage your own imagination. You're like, do I buy this guy's take on this or not? Or maybe in the beginning you don't buy it, but then by the end of the film you do. Um, but yeah, he was a wild dude. He was like, we'd, um, we're looking for a place to shoot him in because he didn't want us to like shoot in his home, which is understandable. Um, but we found uh, this library uh, that Edgar Allan Poe used to write his poetry in, in New England. Wow. And we rented that um and we did not have much money, so we used like 
kind of like all our, all, you know, we put it on the credit card. We rented uh, the uh, this library for 10 a.m. before it opens at noon. And I call him and I'm like, hey, so call time's going to be like 930, whatever. And he's like, oh, no, 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 no. I, I don't wake up until like 6 or 7 p.m. Oh, my God. Like, oh, you're nocturnal. <laughs> right on. And um, so then we had to like renegotiate with the library to like shoot it at night. But it was perfect because it was like the streets were all quiet. We had this dark library. We could light it evocatively. And he was just able to like have like some real clarity as he talked. So, you know. Uh, Matt can attest we did really long interviews for this. Like some of our interviews like with Matt were like five hours, six hours, um, like the first interviews. But with John Michael Greer, I think we interviewed him for like 20 minutes and we were like, oh, okay, that's a wrap. Everything's in the movie. Like, okay, cool. Wow. Yeah, it was like, yeah, he, he came in like a total pro. He was He, he was, was, yeah, great. he's incredible. Matt, yeah, I have a question for you. Um, it was kind of jumping ahead in the doc, but near the end... Um, you eventually you decide to fight back and you take Infowars to court and you have to go through a deposition with Alex Jones's lawyers and Alex Jones gets deposed. Um, and it's like a really, really funny part because it's like you see Alex Jones there and they, you see his people going after you and like they like really cannot. They're trying to rattle you, I think, and they just like really can't get a rise out of you. You really, you really killed that deposition. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I was wondering if there was any other funny anecdotes about the interactions with the Alex Jones world um, that didn't make it into the doc. Like, what was that like? <clears throat> well, yeah, it was funny. Like, uh, so I was, I was uh, being deposed and, um, I, you know, I had the suit and tie and everything and, and he, the, the lawyer was just wearing like a t-shirt and uh, had a kid with him. And uh, <laughs> I don't know. It was just, it was just, it was weird. He kind of, he kind of he, he played good cop, bad cop with me. So the first, like the first half of the uh, deposition, he was like, he was all, he was being all nice to me. And then he, he just flipped on me towards the end and started to get really frustrated with me and stuff. And, you know, I could tell what, what they were trying to do. They were trying to like, you know, say that, you know, I rip off other art and artists in my work and, you know, how could I go and, you know, um, try to sue these guys for using my art if I'm doing the same thing. So, um, I don't know. I was just being really honest. Like, um, um, I, I was only answering, his questions as honestly as possible. And, you know, there's that scene where he was trying to ask me where I got the name Pepe, you know, and I was, <laughs> I was just answering really honestly. I was like, well, cause it sounds like pee pee, you know, to go pee pee. <laughs> and, uh, you know, just did it very matter of factly. And, uh, um, I don't know. It, it was, uh, it was frust it was frustrating, but, but thankfully they edited it together in the movie to just, uh, show the zingers I was getting in there. <laughs> did you, I mean, it, it... <laughs> It, like that, it's it's great when they they pull up a side by side of some uh, hamburger guy in a comic, and they're like, "Oh, is this this is a this kind of looks like the Hamburglar," and you hit him with the like, "Don't you mean Mayor McCheese?" Yeah, <laughs> I was dying with that I, too. I was running, I was running laps. Yeah, they didn't even know the McDonald's <laughs> character that's... canon. Yeah. Well, just to get back to Jack's original point, yeah, it's peak stupid. Like the and we cut it you know, we it's farce. Like that's that that whole section was just farce. And, you know, in a different movie you might have been like, Oh, you're taking on the alt right with the ominous music and stuff. Like, no, this is all farce. Exactly. And yeah. and um and that's for us the, as I mean, filmmakers we were like it, yeah. yeah, and for us as filmmakers we were like, All right, well let's let's try to create drama. So we did cut it like you know 
Matt to Alex. And it was like a moment of conflict. So we wanted it to be like, this is like a really dumb fist fight in the middle of the movie, you know, in the parking lot. And so that's that's kind of how we were thinking about it in terms of like structurally placing it in the film. But yeah, Matt in that disposition is great. He's hilarious. Yeah. And I think if you're like a young kid and you see it too, it's like, it's kind of inspiring. I think it's like, it's kind of like it shows Matt not really like changing his personality for anybody, you know? It's like you can live an uncompromised life. So I mean, I yeah, it's, that's, that's, um, that's important, and I think, like, I, I really do think Pepe will ride out this storm. I mean, he's been big for a long time, but, like, if you really think about it, this is only, like, a small window of time where it's been, like, this... Um, in one place on Earth. Yeah, like, in one means place. different things in different places. And like, I, in Korea, he's totally different. And if you think about, like... I mean, it is kind of amazing. You made an iconic character, which is, I, I assume, every dream of you know, a comic book artist is to create like a character that like lives on beyond, you know, like Mickey Mouse is still alive, you know, far beyond Walt Disney. Um, of course, like Pepe took a turn, but I do think that like, it's especially after this doc, he can, um, he could come back, you know, which was your, your intention, but, um, it's, it's been controversial, but like a lot of the biggest cartoon characters have been used for really, really weird, um, purposes once they get big enough you, you kind of like lose control of that well yeah calvin calvin was never uh pissing calvin on anything calvin's never in, the, in that's not pete and that that is not canon not canon calvin you you go through that you go, go you go through that uh that you know a con, a calvin and hobbs collection and you're gonna find a lot of uh you know calvin and hobbs kind of uh talking about life and you know this that and the other at no point does calvin have a piss fetish in that comment absolutely not do you think waterson agrees with all the stuff that uh he's peeing yeah. on you know and he's peed <laughs> on everything too he's peed on ford yeah. he's peed on chevy he pees <laughs> yeah. on both yeah. sides he's peed I mean, on christianity he's pissed on islam uh, yeah he's honestly i think right. calvin is the perfect uh political <laughs> symbol because he has peed on everything um, well, yeah, he has. He actually has no agenda besides pissing on uh, concepts. Yeah, <laughs> he does seem to genuinely love it, though. Yeah, yeah, he loves. Yeah. Oh, he loves it. He's he's smirking. It's the only thing he's in he's favor smirking. of. <laughs> and guys, don't forget, he also prays because there's the other Calvin. Where have you? You've of course seen the one where he's like kneeling and like praying in front of a cross. And there's like other versions yeah. where he's like in front of a military grave, which that one's really funny to me. Because it's like the the Calvin peeing is not related to the comics and it doesn't really need to be Calvin. It could just be like a guy peeing. And it's funny that like they could have just drawn any boy praying in front of that cross for the, the second wave decal, but it's still Cal Calvin. Like Calvin Well, that's the, that really represents <laughs> the duality of life to me because like, but you know, like some days I'm, I'm, I'm prayer Calvin. But then when I'm feeling nasty, I'm pissed, Calvin. You know, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Um, but no, we're, oh yeah, we're joking. But it is kind of like, I mean, Calvin's just bigger. Where it's like, you look at that stuff and it's completely ridiculous. I mean, it's Cal Calvin's like got his dick out and he's like peeing on something. <laughs> and I'm sure if you you know if that was happening when the original comics came out, it would probably be seem more offensive. But now Calvin's just so big that it's like, oh yeah, it's like. 
that has nothing to do with Calvin and Hobbes. It's just like those are the stickers, you know. I mean, that's it's like what completely you get, that's separated. What the follow up, the follow up. You got to go back. You got to talk to Bill Waterson about piss Calvin. <laughs> <laughs> Someone tried to do that. It's, really? Yeah. What's that? Someone, someone tried to make that doc. Oh wow. Oh yeah. It's very like there's actually a documentary now that's making fun of that documentary. Um, the the whole I I watched it just I don't know why, but um, it, it's a very like good natured uh, fan film about Calvin and Hobbes, and then uh, it's yeah. Bill Watterson is like the Thomas Pynchon of comics. Like no one has talked to him, no one has seen him in years and years and years. And then at the end of the movie, he's trying to get an interview with Bill Watterson, but Bill Watterson doesn't want to do it, so he like oh, leave, man. leaves like a Calvin anthology on his doorstep or something. Oh, it's that very sucks. it's. It's pretty uh, saccharine. Yeah. It should have. I I think alternate ending. He leaves. He leaves the book on Bill Watterson's doorstep. Right. He leaves the <laughs> anthology on Bill Watterson's doorstep. Right. And then Bill Watterson. Bill Watterson. Uh. Uh. He pisses. There on we go. And he he turns around and he smirks at the camera. That's what I was like hoping the for. Credits roll, and then there's yeah. that final shot. Yeah, that's oh, that's the piss on the book. That's a post. That's a that's actually a post credits Easter egg. Uh, also bootleg bootleg Bart bootleg what Bart bootleg Bart pro bootleg Bart was really you know he had he had some uh he had a a lot of different agendas on our. I love Ro- Rastabart is my favorite Bart. Rastabart sure. cultural appropriation. Oh, yeah. I mean. There's Black Barts. There's, um, I mean, we are on on uh, a podcast we recently recorded about uh, the Iraq War with the host of Blowback. We were talking about all the 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 pro war Barts that were used for the various uh, oh, our yeah, various G. I, bombings of the Middle East. Yeah, there's ones where it's like there's literally a Bart Simpson shirt where he's like coming on Saddam Hussein, <laughs> like <laughs> like literally. <laughs> what was that shirt we were talking about, Brandon? It's like Bart, like oh, literally, yeah. like coming on Saddam Hussein, which is a step way too far, in my opinion, to give that. I mean, yeah. P is one thing, but semen is just a whole other layer to give give Bart. I mean, yeah, is he doing it out of like joy or degradation? It's like, I think he, I think the latter. The latter. We we are debating know. that on the Weird. episode, but I mean, it's it's the Pepe phenomenon seems in the doc. I mean, it, this is like a, a very modern. Um, phenomenon, but you know, cartoon characters have been used for so many reasons. Like at a certain point, you know, even just like Brandon, we've talked a lot about even just like a joke or a tweet, like can lo- you know lose control at a certain point. Like you completely oh, lose. I mean, yeah, I don't, you know, like on a smaller that, scale, there was the this is nowhere near a pet bay the frog situation. But four years ago. I did the that fucking a, a little more than four years ago. I I do want to clarify because I like to distance myself from this moment in my life. But there was a vine wherein Danny Trejo said dicks out for Harambe, and then a week later, Milo Yiannopoulos. Uh, the I made the vine. It was, yeah, it was I was gonna say you you, you deleted know, I, a character. I, I was, from I was this. like trying to pass the the blame on him. I was like. Yeah, I don't know. This actually happened to Danny Trejo uh, Danny Tre- a, a few years super ago. Super weird. He asked me to do uh, this. <laughs> Danny Trejo asked me to be in a vine with him. Yeah, Danny Trejo asked me to do this. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was some fucking dumb vi- It's like, I don't know. I regret a lot of things from like at a certain point of my life. 
but uh, it was a vine wherein I was with Danny Trejo and he fucking whatever. I don't I don't want to describe it. Describing that this shit is you know it feels bad. And you invented like dicks out for dumb Harambe? shit. I yes it popularized it. It's not something I'm proud of, but gotcha. I remember <clears throat> a week later, Milo Milo tweeted it, and then I was like, well, this is. This is something else entirely now. I didn't sign up for this. And <laughs> yeah, I didn't sign up for this one one bit. And then I kind of, you know, over the years I've sort of uh reevaluated my relationship with the internet and sort of focused my <laughs> focused my priorities on uh other things besides uh posting. Yeah. On a, on a side note um to about uh, Danny Trejo, I actually I directed him years ago. Um I did a uh 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 pilot for adult swim called doble fried and uh, oh wow he, he played a a chicken nugget named scum nugget and wow. he was like the the old he was like the old guy at the amusement park and, and he was a little chicken nugget and he lived in a dumpster and that's and amazing that, that damn it's real shame that i i i do you have a link um, a private link uh yeah I can think, i watch this uh, yeah i could send i could send it to you. i won't show it to anyone Okay. Just I want to see it personally, please. I want to see it. <laughs> okay. You can trust me. Yeah, but Danny Trejo's in it. He does a good job as Scum Nugget. The uh... I mean, he is an angel. <laughs> he's a legend. I will say he's an he is an absolute angel. He is a very kind man. Yeah. Yeah, he's cool. Yeah, he rocks. Um, but yeah, that's like, I mean, Brandon, like that's uh, that situation sucked, and that's even just like yeah. the tiniest, smallest scale, you know. Which is also, I mean, basically, like, the internet can, like, take things and it, it you know... It's very volatile. Volatile. It's, it's so beyond your control. But the one thing about the internet is that, like, it's it's generally okay if the if it's, like, going back and forth online in that vacuum. And especially, like, very niche spaces where it's just, like, a meme and it's going around and it's losing meaning, being taken. But it's, like, what sucks to me and my... I think... I said it before, like, where I think everything actually went south is when mainstream institutions jumped in which should never happen like like things that are on the internet and in that vacuum belong there you know they shouldn't be taken out of the water so to speak right because they're not meant to live there and when all of a sudden hillary clinton's on tv like being like i heard about the teens uh doing the alt rights and i think they should be arrested these are bad people and um please vote for me you know Pepe the Frog, like all of a sudden, like yeah, they're gonna double down. double down a hundred percent. Because I mean, I grew up on that shit. Like I grew up with 4chan and stuff, and like pretty much the the goal at all times when you're on there, you're like a teenager. You're like, oh, can I make any effect on the world at all? Just like <laughs> see if anything will happen. And like for my era, it was like Jinkum, like Jinkum, which was made up. Like, uh, do you guys know what Jinkum is? Where you get high off trash? Yeah, it, but it's also like fake. It's not trash. No, it's poop. It's poop and like no, you. But it was yeah. A, you poop in a jar and then you let it ferment. Yeah, you let it ferment. And first of all, I didn't know that that was. Wait, so you're saying that that was just like a joke? Yeah, Jinkum's like a made up. Wait, so like, pe- wait, so like people weren't actually no fuck yo. Okay. No one's ever gotten <laughs> you high did off it. Of their own you did it. <laughs> fuck. I'm so fucking high on Jankum right now. You watch Feels Good Man last night high on Jankum. Yeah, yeah, man. Non-fermented Jankum. I, I I will say uh, connections wise, uh, you know, me and me and Moot, me and Christopher Poole dropped out of the same school. Oh shit. 
Yeah. Did you know him at all? I did not. I don't think we overlapped. Wow. But it is. They're good friends. Brandon yeah, calls he's impossible him. to get to. I tried to get to him. Oh yeah. yeah oh, that would have been. He will not a, talk to anybody. You should, I yeah. I imagine you should talk. To, you should have had Brandon plug it. They're good friends. Brandon calls him every day and says, "Hey man, 4chan, like what you did with the place, and I approve of everything that goes on." Um, but yeah, hey, doesn't, doesn't that guy have like a big swastika tattoo? Does he? <laughs> no, no, no. I think that is Andrew Arm Armen I I I think you're thinking of Weave. Yeah, oh yeah, that's, that's, that's weird. Weird. That's yeah. Although there's, there is, there is like a fucking there's a, a childish Gambino song that is named after Weave. Really? Like, like before he had, it's on um because the internet. Oh. It it's on uh because the internet and I think it is oh it's actually, it the track is called Life the Biggest Troll. Life colon the biggest troll, and then parentheses Andrew Armenheimer. Oh my god! Weird. Which I I don't think, and I I love I love Childish Gambino, but I I don't love that he has a song called Life Life the Biggest Troll. Yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> making anything about the internet pre twenty sixteen is just not. I mean, gonna... it's a good. It, it's a it's a perfect album to me. But that, perfect. I like that. You're song. gonna go perfect. I love I I think because the internet is a perfect album. Didn't you just say opinion. that like there's a song about a neo-Nazi type guy? It's not about him. It's just named after named after him. It's before he like had a swastika. So maybe it, work he was maybe like, we adjust it to. Yeah, I mean he was an interesting cultural. Figure. Maybe it's almost an almost perfect album. Near no, I think it's a perfect album. So you think that that title's perfect? <laughs> Yeah, but I don't. I, yeah, if you want to fucking get get into let's the, go ninety nine percent. I don't care. I don't care that it's called that. <laughs> I mean, I think life colon the biggest troll is a bad name <laughs> for anything. You don't approve of colons in the titles. Of songs. Yeah, that's his. Yeah, it's less. I I think that the song being called life colon the biggest troll is worth is worse than the parenthetical name check <laughs> but i do think it is like it's a great it's like i love that album so much um okay we we sorry to get off off track yeah the the classic <laughs> childish gambino tangent you know they yeah, they I happen don't... they happen um what were we talking about my god but you are right to go back i mean cartoons have always been used in weird ways like i mean um like, have you ever heard of Private Snafu? It was this like prop. It was this black and white propaganda cartoon from World War II, mm -hmm. and it was written by Dr. Seuss. Oh yeah, yeah. It was like Chuck Jones, Mel. It was basically all the heavy hitters of Looney Tunes were making this like war. They all met basically doing war propaganda, and then it's all been like put into the vaults because it's all you know xenophobic. Probably racist. And, up and yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, cartoons have always been used oh, for yeah, like it's a misinformation lot of, and stuff. Yeah, yeah, a lot of the, yeah. Th there was a lot of like weird World War II propaganda cartoons yeah. that used a word that you know occasionally means Jewish American princess, but in a different. They said it, it's different. 
Well, even even guys, comic books were part of like the war, like the the popularization of superheroes was all about some sort of like oh yeah, uh, you know, um, American exceptionalism war fantasy. By the way, I'm like right. really <laughs> caught up on the fact that like you didn't want to say Jap, which is by the way short for uh, Japanese. Yeah. Like it's only a slur if oh, you're yes. using it as a slur. Oh, okay, but yeah. but. <laughs> Instead of saying it, you said Jewish American princess, which is also not yeah. a nice term. Like it's not a slur, oh, yeah. but you're well, like, you know, <laughs> like Listen, just subbing it out. I, I didn't get a lot of I didn't get a lot of sleep, and I've been fucking huffing. I've been huffing Jankum. So excuse excuse me. Um, but anyway, we're we're digressing too. I mean, Matt obviously <laughs> did not make wartime propaganda. You simply made a, a innocent comic book that all of this just happened to you. I don't want to associate that, but. I mean, oh yeah, I didn't mean to draw a line between. Them. I'm just saying, cartoons have always been important certainly, to the way people. But I have hope for Pepe. Essentially, shit. like I, I think um, it's undeniable that you've made something that's just like entered the zeitgeist of this decade, like um, for better or for worse. And I think he's not. You technically did kill him, though. Is he is he permanently dead? Would you say you killed him in in the comic? Yeah, um, <clears throat> you know, I just made one comic strip for a uh, Fantagraphics put out like a free comic book day thing. And, you know, I just did a six pa panel gag of, of Pepe at his funeral. And, you know, that was just more for me. I, I was just kind of frustrated about it. And and uh, I didn't realize that it would actually, you know, become news, a newsworthy event. It was it was weird. Uh, but, but that definitely struck a nerve with people. And, and uh, I thought it. Um, that scene in the movie is really emotional with, with the Daniel Johnson song and uh, the animation and the mood of it and everything. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, can you kill a comic character? You can try, but, but, um, uh, I, you know, I actually, I, you know, I talked about this on, on another podcast, but, um, uh, what ended up happening in, in uh, and a Pepe zine I made um, after that is Pepe was actually just dehydrated uh, at a rave and uh, his buddies just give, give him some water and, and he was okay. So it was just like a fever dream oh. thing. So um, I don't know. <laughs> so yeah, maybe he's, I maybe mean, family guy, they, they fucking, they, they killed off Brian Griffin and you know, America wasn't having it. Yeah. And so they, you know, they, they reversed it. They fixed it. They fixed the timeline. <laughs> you know, Brian Griffin can never die. Mm. Pepe can never die. Because I think, like, after watching the doc, and I'm sure a lot of people see this, they're like, okay, like, the what happened to Pepe, in a way, happened to all of us, like, where we had to just kind of, like, go through this insane time culturally for anybody involved. I really think it's, like, this has been crazy bipartisan different ways, but just like everybody living in America the last five years, just things have been bonkers and you watch it and you kind of like, like at the end of it for me, I'm like, you know, like this is crazy, but I think that there's like, you know, a future for Pepe. Like I, for the, the actual Pepe comic, like I think he can weather this storm I think everybody has weathered the storm, you know? I think, like, there, there's a, a very clear path uh, out of that for, for Pepe. I don't think, like... Like, I, I think he was spoiled for a while by these people and, like, the institutions that kind of, like, made it official, but I think it could be undone culturally. 
I don't know. What do you think, Brennan? Yeah, I mean, I, I I think so. If that's if that's, if what, that's what you want, but Matt chooses, but he's got he's got other, you know, he's got other uh, uh, honey pots. You know, he's got he's got that book. Oh yeah, you do have a new that book just came out. Yeah, I got a new art book coming out um, called Bind, Mind Viscosity, which is basically just all my artwork over the past fifteen years or so, all kind of. Um, done um printed really nicely in, in a book by fanographics that that's coming out real soon that i'm really excited about and uh you know back to the, the pepe thing you know i've always just had to double down on the fact that um that nothing's really forever you know you know initially when the pepe thing got politicized i, I was just trying to downplay it in the media and saying that it's just a phase and uh, the truth of the matter is, is it is just a phase and um you know, I think Arthur's film really helped me kind of, um, you know, assert that and to show that, um, you know, things things always kind of change and, and get new meaning and, uh, you know, trying to cling to one symbol or another. Uh, I don't know. Everything changes, right? So so I think that this this movie and, and talking with you guys, you know, it all helps to... Um, usher in the, the change and positivity and you know just try to try to just tell tell the story i mean it it was definitely it had to have been cathartic right yeah yeah definitely you know the first time i really saw the final cut of it we were at sundance and uh you know i was i had a very emotional um reaction to it you know i, I was crying and everything um just because uh, it was, it just looked so good. The animation was so good, and it, it just said, um, you know, so succinctly stuff that I had been thinking. And you know, uh, you know, I'm I'm kind of too close to it, but 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 it really it really did give me a, give me some hope. Yeah, I mean, I as a viewer felt the same way too. At the end, I was like, I'm excited to see what Matt does next. I was like excited to see what art you had coming up. Cause like kind of at the end it shows you drawing again. Like I know you stopped for a while. I don't know if you've, you're, you're, you have the new book coming out, but like, I was like, okay, this is, uh, you know, every, the audience is rooting for you at the end. And I was excited not only to see like, I guess where Pepe goes cause I have hope, but also just like your career. So I think like maybe at least my hope is that this is just, it, it, the end does good things for you only, you know? Yeah, I mean, ideally, it'll be like a, a, a make people more interested in in my artwork and stuff. So, so in that way, uh, I'm very appreciative that the, that the movie's out there because you know Pepe, you know, people are familiar with it, but they they may not be um, familiar with me. And you know, one of my one of my big battles with Pepe ha has always kind of been um, that that people have this ownership over him that it's not mine, it's theirs, and um, that I'm just just like the side note and, and so so what the documentary does is is kind of assert my ownership of it and uh you know at, at least puts me um puts me in the picture you know more so that's nice also i think um you made a lot of really good decisions on how you handled all of this um because i think especially the way i've seen like famous people handle themselves like during the trump era kind of like breaks people's brains in half and they start behaving very strangely. <laughs> but like you, you stood up for yourself, but you didn't take it to an extreme where it, it made you seem like weird or out of your mind. You know, you, 
and you didn't like lean into the Pepe thing at any point, you know, like I think there's a lot of ways where other people would have handled it in a different way that it would have been really bad. You didn't fight it too hard either. There's a lot of people who would have like freaked I mean, out. The, well, there was the the save the save Pepe campaign. You guys do kind of talk about how that was unsuccessful initially. Sure, you know. But yeah, like with the Save Pepe thing, like um, you know, initially I, I was pretty upset that that it was it was added to the hate symbol database. Those guys uh, at the ADL never really they they didn't get in touch with me beforehand or anything, but but they were um, you know, citing my name on the on the hate symbols database and stuff. Um, so I actually reached out to them, and you know that was my harebrained idea. Uh, but but um, and I actually went out to New York City to speak at a uh, at an ADL conference and uh, I thought that um, I would be I was going to be interviewed by a journalist and uh, the journalist uh, was not comfortable talking with me um, so they backed out and it was just me um, and I didn't have anything written out uh, because I thought I was going to have an interview or something so I just walk out there like a knucklehead and, and just start talking about uh, making happy Pepe memes and stuff, and and I think there's a part of that in the movie, and it, and it really shows that I'm kind of alone in this, and, and I'm right. I, I'm really alone up on this stage in front of a bunch of people, and uh, and I'm just uh, I'm you know I'm just being myself, and uh, I don't know is is this moment of vulnerability in the film, and it, it was just a my only uh, way to deal with it was to just, um, as Arthur said before, is to just reach out to my artistic community and try to spin something positive out of something that had so much um, negative baggage, like in the media at the time and stuff like that. Um, so it was, it was kind of nice to to see people's kind of positive memes, but you know, there's also this term like toxic positivity, you know, being too yeah. overly, overly saccharine right. or, or positive about a situation actually just makes you look like a dumbass or something. And, <laughs> and uh, you know, I've got like everybody, I, you know, I, I can think really negatively and stuff, but, but you've got to, um, you got to choose your, choose your battles kind of. And, and I choose, um, I choose to nurture uh, uh, loving kindness in myself and towards other people. And if I could do that through being creative or talking with people, um, you know, I'm just gonna try to focus on on that stuff. But, you know, e even if it is somewhat toxic, um, it's still uh, life affirming for me. You, I mean, you, you oh, go, no, go if you ahead. Had to say, go ahead, Brandon. Oh, I was just gonna say that the, I mean, your your kindness really shines through in the movie uh in a way that like there's points where you kind of you're watching it and you're like man this guy is too kind for this cruel world yeah you know <laughs> um and it's like like you come out you're so sweet in the dock um like there's that there's that one part where you're like uh going through this rack of clothes and you pull up like you pull a uh pull out like that that pepe polo and you're like you can have a pasta meal with your family in this <laughs> moment, you know and like there's like a part where you're like yeah that kind of you know when that happened that kind of twisted my noodles <laughs> and you know just a really whole a really wholesome guy in a in a very uh 
unwholesome world. Well, you know? yeah, that's thanks to the editing, I think, and and, and thanks to uh, you know Arthur and I are friends, so he he's he's uplifting me in a lot of parts of the movie. But but he'll tell you, I I could be I I could be uh, dwelling in my own kind of negative thinking and my own kind of toxic insanity too. But um, sure, yeah, uh, I don't know. I, I appreciate that, that that's uh, how I'm depicted in yeah, the movie. You, yeah, it's weird seeing a movie where you're the subject in it. You know, it's and I don't envy Arthur's position either because he has to go and do these podcasts and kind of speak on my behalf. And and uh, that's that's Arthur. You know, it can't be the easiest situation for, for you you either. But um, but but you're doing it really well, and and I I appreciate um, Arthur kind of taking the Pepe torch and, and kind of um, uh, relieving me of, of, you know, just feeling kind of alone in this. And, and uh, he, he's been really supportive. And so Arthur, I appreciate that. I th Thanks, man. That, uh, that mean, yeah, that means a lot to me. Thanks. I think you, you I was saying you handled it well. Um, and that's because you, you just stayed the course. Like there's two, I think there's two paths that like a lot of people would have made gone down and it would have been a mistake. One path is like, you know, you stuck to you. Pepe was always your comic book character. There's a lot of people that like when it became a meme early on would have been like seeing dollar signs and been like starting to sell like really bad, like, like leaning into the meme aspect of it too much, which would have like associated you with it. Like you're removed from it in a sense, like the, Matt Fury Pepe is different than the meme um, and then there's a lot of people who also would have been on Twitter every single day like responding to Donald Trump you know like don't tweet the Pepe you know like scolding people and stuff and like losing their minds every single day from that and um, you just stayed your course and I think um, I think you handled it really well like there's a lot of a lot of people would have made mistakes um, you know and made it much much worse that, I don't know if that makes sense yeah, <laughs> I think that's a really good point. I think that's a really good point, actually, because I do think sometimes as people have watched the film who maybe are a little bit more from the political press or something, they're very quick to sort of point out like how Matt maybe didn't react in a way they would react. But this has never happened before. Matt is Matt's a guy that's pretty genuine like person and he can only react the way he's going to react. And um so, and this is such a unique circumstance, like it's really not ever happened to anyone before. Yeah. It, like the documentary, I think, uh, approaches it so, like, so flawlessly. And if I could praise you and simultaneously shit on somebody else, I did watch, like, there was that, that movie TFW No GF uh, a couple months ago. Absolute flop. Trash. Absolute fucking flop. Trash. Fucking hated it. It was never hot. When, uh, <laughs> when I, uh, I, I was talking with Ayana, uh, you know, she watched the movie again when, when Arthur had, had the, the premieres early on. And, and there's a scene in the movie where, um, where I'm talking about that feels guy or, or whatever he's woke. Oh, Wojak the Wojak? And, and yeah. she, she was like saying, that's one of her favorite parts of the movie is when I when I'm describing that and I and I go like what what was that or like I say some weird <laughs> weird words like that um, but she she laughed out loud at that part yeah I, oh yeah that, that whole thing's I haven't seen that documentary but but yeah 
Pepe as an internet phenomenon it seems to be uh, entwined with that guy too. Well, I'll tack sure. on Brandon's compliment yeah, I mean, and say that you guys did the impossible, which is you made a documentary about a meme that wasn't like cringe, basically. Like, right. like under which very is very like hard to do. A very hard task. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's a there's a part in TFW No GF where uh, there's some guy talking about like, yeah, inside all of us is a Wojak and a <laughs> And it's like a whole fucking thing, and uh, I really, I really hated that scene a lot. Yeah, <laughs> I hated, I hated that shit so much, man. I fucking hated that, well, man. But I, it's, it's love made feels from good, the perspective man. of those people. It's like an insider documentary, and this is like an outsider look at the meme, you know. Insider look at Matt. Outsider at looking at it, the meme culture, you know. So you're not like using yeah, but the not dialogue. Too outside that it's like out of. Touch. No, absolutely it's, not. It's walking you know, the line perfectly, which right. is like, which is what you got to do. That one, that one was just sort of like, it's John. There's John Mouse music, and it's like, oh man, like look at these kids, uh, these four chan kids shooting guns, <laughs> or whatever. Where you're like, I don't. Well, what uh, what's the yeah, point? Yeah, what is this <laughs> exactly? I don't know. I mean, maybe the point is that there's no point. Maybe it's just sort of like, oh, where like this documentary is as nihilistic as these kids, but then, but it's like, all right, well, what do I, what like, what's the takeaway here for me? Personally, I still don't know why you and, watched that uh, documentary. I'm still confused how you even found it. Yeah, I don't know, man. That's a that's a that's a fringe <laughs> one. This is these guys made a respectable film. Went to film festivals. Yeah. Well, maybe that other one did. I'm not sure. I think that, well, that that other one was going to be itself. South. Was it? Yeah, it was. There was a brief moment where, and I've not seen that film, and I'm not going to watch it because, yeah, I just feel like Wojak and that film and her film has I its mean, own to lane. Me, and that I'm, movie I'm, is. I don't want to comment on the film, but I yeah, know, there I'm was not, a brief I'm moment where it was like Pepe's Sundance and Wojak's South By. There was like this. I mean, I would thing. say like that, yeah. that movie, that movie. That I I talked about, you know, that other documentary. We're not, we're not, we're not here to plug. No, it, we're you know anti plugging. We're, we're here to plug your. We're here to plug yours, right? But in terms of but, the universal yin yang, it does make yes. sense. There was a well, Wojak me, and Pepe film coming out at the exact same time. That is pretty <clears> weird. I remember when you were talking about Wojak movie. Yeah, is the TFW no GF to me? That's ants, and that's ants, right? <laughs> and to me, that's ants. But feels good, man, is a bug's life. There, there we, we go. go. And you should and you should feel and you should feel good about that. Absolutely. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> that was well put. Thank you. Um <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Brandon, do you have any other questions? I mean, I'm I'm happy to keep talking about this film, but I don't have any more specific questions. I'm still I mean, I I don't uh, I, I feel bad like bugging you about like stuff that you've probably already answered, Matt. But, um, I, you know, I have like personal curiosities, of course, about just like what you, what you went through. I, I think like one thing that stuck out to me is that it was like a moment where you, it, I believe it's your friend who has like a Pepe tattoo and, um, it's like a moment at a pizza place where he worked. I th I think he might've even worked at two boots in Echo Park, right? Was it, was that where he worked? I think he was working at Comet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's like a place I, I used to go to. And like somebody made a comment about his tattoo saying like, oh, you know, like that's like a bad, that Pepe, that's a bad thing that you have on your arm. Is that like, yeah. was that the moment that uh, for you where you're like, oh, maybe this is, um, 
maybe things are getting a little messed up, a little kooky. Was or was there another one? Yeah, you know, I, I, you know, when when my buddy Chris got that tattoo, it was it was a time of celebration. It was like it was before um, <clears throat> before the election, obviously, and stuff. And it was like at the peak of of kind of Pepe's popularity online, and everybody was, and me and my buddies were all excited about it. And uh, we were at uh, my friend uh, Jay Howell's house, and everybody was getting Pepe tattoos. Um, so Chris got one. My friend Travis got one. My friend Mel got one, and then and then Jay got the Land Wolf tattoo. So he he was smart. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it was it was a fun night, and and uh, you know I was sitting there drawing Pepe's, and everybody's tattooing them, and 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 then things went crazy, and um, um, so if anything, I think this film will help uh, Chris because he got he got the tattoo under his under his sleeve. So it's just he's 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 wearing his heart on his sleeve. <laughs> so. Um, but he's he, uh, Chris is very excited about the movie too. He's he's been um, posting a lot, I think, on on uh, uh, what is it, Instagram about it. So does he does he still have the the tat? He still does. Yeah, I think we were joking early on about how there's going to be a spinoff movie about his tattoo. That'll be <laughs> yeah, that'll be Arthur's I, next I, project. I think also Iana's I, gonna direct that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like how I like how logged off you yeah, are now I that you that were too. like uh, he was on what what's it called? Uh, Instagram. Yeah, you don't even know what it's called. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Uh, in, uh, yeah, Instagram. I, I think it's a trap. I think it's a trap, and I, I I've unhinged. So I'm proud. Good for of my, you. I'm very proud of myself. Good right for now. you. No, I do absolutely. think. I mean, I I think. Uh, I, I think the future is bright for Pepe and and your friends tattoo also. I mean, I I'm resistant <laughs> like on a level of like outside of even my interest in your artwork or Pepe. Like hearing somebody now like attach the negative implications to it. You know, if I if I mention it, it that's frustrating to me. Like I refuse to engage in that. Like like that ideal or that idea yeah. where it's like oh he's a symbol. No, he's not. Like. Like some people used it like that for a while, like it's it's literally stupid to give, uh, to give it that power is like giving those people ammunition, which is what they wanted in the very first place. So it's like, yeah, I think collectively the entire world has to move on from that, and I I don't know I think like people who would like quiver at this the mention of Pepe are just it makes you look like a moron, you know, it makes you look ignorant really to. To be a person now. I, I liked when that I liked that clip of the local news anchor uh saying uh it, it's a Pepe photo of him wearing a, a mask and he's like uh yeah the this this guy uh posted a picture of uh the Grinch wearing a, wearing a mask. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I liked that a lot. Four Four Chan also loved that. Yeah, they yeah they, were, they thought that what shit was hilarious. Yeah. I mean, it was pretty hilarious. They are right to think that that's yeah. funny. Yeah. Well, Grinch wearing a mask. Another another kind of heart heartwarming anecdote about about Pepe as a tattoo. Um, at at Sundance, they hired a, a professional tattoo artist to tattoo people at the actor party. So people were literally. Arthur got one. I think Arthur got like a, a hamburger tattoo. Um. Uh. So this guy just yeah, did. Chris it. and I. Chris and I both got hamburgers. Hell yeah. yeah. Yeah, so they both have matching hamburger tattoos, but like a lot of the uh, animators that were involved in the film were getting Pepe tattoos. So it just it just goes to show that they they're so um, uh, behind the 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 idea of it that that they're willing to get a tattoo of it. So that 
I mean, what was that at the end? Was that the the, uh, the Hong Kong protest? Yeah. And well, and actually, the very ending, where um, since at this point everyone stopped the film, watched watched Feels Good Man, watched uh, Ghostbusters, and parachuted out of a plane. Um, <laughs> the final bit is uh, Pepe like going back to nature, basically. And Nicole Stafford is the animator that animated that. And um, she was one of the people that got the Pepe tattoo at Sundance. It's pretty, pretty cool. Yeah. But, but yeah, there is a moment at the end of the film where Pepe uh, becomes popular in the Hong Kong um, protests. But, you know, that was something that obviously was unexpected and was like a real deuce ex machina for us as filmmakers. But it just kind of goes to show that, you know, the 2015-2016 moment of Pepe in America or maybe Europe, it, Pepe simultaneously was extremely popular as like a reaction image in, you know, in places like Hong Kong or Taiwan or Malaysia. And so, um, you know, the character is just is just kind of this like image of Internet ennui, you know. And so, um, yeah, it's, it means different things in different places all over the world. Yeah, I think... Um... I really do have hope for the future of, of Pepe. And I think, um, you know, after all is said and done, I think you've created a an iconic character, which I said before is like probably the, I have to assume the dream of um, of every artist, a comic book artist to create somebody, a character that's iconic. And I mean, it definitely went through a rough patch, but I think once it evens out, it's going to be pretty good, you know? And I like people getting the tattoo is like, that's a perfect sign that it's going to, you know, maybe maybe waters will be a little more calm after all this, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, I have to say, like, it's been cool to see, like, we've been getting on our Instagram feed, like, people will send us Save Pepe's. Like, I think the idea of Save Pepe maybe in that moment seemed naive, but in the long run, it's kind of part of this longer Internet story. Um, and, you know, and it's also interesting to just see the way Pepe is used on Twitch, which is just back to being a reaction image of people who are like cited or angry or think something's funny. Um, so it's even shifted since we finished. Yeah. I mean, he's been used for something and it's, it's a, you know, we've to kind of close it off, I guess, like we've talked a lot about cartoons have been used for all sorts of purposes over the years. I think what's unique about now is how fast things move the internet and also the fact that this is the first time an institution has come and officially declared it, you know, they, during uh, the Gulf war, we didn't have somebody being like Bart Simpson is officially pro bombing Iraq. Like he's, that is what he means. And, um, I'm putting it on this, um, I'm putting it in writing that Bar Bart Simpson is officially pro Iraq war, the character. That's what he means. It's like, it just happened in a vacuum and, um, you know, institutions didn't feel a need to comment on it. It would have been absurd, but with Pepe, they did and like tried to, well, and they had a corporation to protect their, IP. that too. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's just very, very strange. It's just, like I said, the doc just showcases how strange uh, the times we're living in are. Um, I don't know. Any final thoughts, Brandon, before we let these guys go? No, I yeah, watch watch uh watch the doc, guys. It's uh, 94, 94% Rotten Tomatoes. Certified fresh. Certified yeah, fresh. Pretty, pretty wild. This, yeah, is a, this is a fresh tomato, folks. Yeah, and you know, I would also just say, um, you know, it would be great if people rented it. Like all, none of the streaming services wanted to touch this film. Like That's none ridiculous. Of the, none of them did. 
And that's so um, stupid. Like that makes me like so, mad. You know, whatever it's each <laughs> like, his own. But you know, Netflix only buys documentaries about murder and celebrities. Like, um, so you know, we're we're releasing this basically Giorgio and I the same way we started it. You know, we started making the film ourselves. We're releasing it ourselves, and so it don't. You know, it's like three four bucks. It's cheaper than uh, most things in this life. So I don't know if 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 you're curious about Matt's story. Um, you know, watch it however you can, but it would be great if you supported us because it really is just like artists making this thing, you know, um, people are always surprised when they write us that it's us responding. It's either Giorgio and I, or I responding, like we don't have like an assistant or a media team, yeah. or any of that stuff, you know? So, um, yeah, we think it's an important story and we think it's also like, uh, we obviously believe in the film. And so, um, yeah, just uh, follow us on social media. Go to feelsgoodmanfilm.com. We're going to do some more um, screenings coming up that are with live Q&As that are going to be fun. We created our own platform called feelsgoodman.watch where we can like host events and try to raise money for independent cinemas and bookstores affected by the pandemic. So, yeah, we're, we're, we're taking it out in this pandemic moment in the most artistic way. We Official cosign. Please definitely watch it. It's very good. Um, and Matt, um, you have a new book coming out, um, which I saw a little glimpse of, um, which looks awesome. And, um, I mean, when I finished the doc, the first thing I thought was like, dude, I want to buy some Matt Fury artwork. I <laughs> like, I need to get my hands on some. So also I, you know, mind, uh, mind viscosity. Is that the name of the book? Yeah, mind viscosity. It's it's yeah. It turned out really great. It's um it's got a puffy cover, so you can kind of squeeze it, and it and it kind of puffs out, and and it's got like a, a you know, a, an iridescent title on there. So it's it's very it's a very fun artifact. Um, you know, part of my experience with 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 Pepe has tempered my my uh, my uh, kind of interactions with the internet and stuff like that. So it's nice to just have a printed kind of artifact with all this, all this artwork in it that, that was just either on my website or on Tumblr or, or whatever. So, um, it really is the best way to kind of familiarize yourself with, with my, uh, my fine artwork. If, if you're interested in it, dude, it's gorgeous. Um, I mean, that's the other funny for like, like I was familiar with your work before, but not like uh, moderately familiar, you know, but they showed a good amount of your work in the doc and I was watching it. It's like, you know, it's so different than just the, the Pepe and, um, boys club. Like I, some of like these pieces in your book are super elaborate, um, and like psychedelic. And I was, I don't know, I'm a big fan. Um, but the doc actually like sent me further down the hole of the Matt Fury art world. Um, so yeah, well, thanks. Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely interested in, in, in psychedelics and the psychedelic experience. And I think, um, so, you know, something unique to psychedelics or, or, or having a mystical kind of perspective on things is, is that language doesn't really, uh, doesn't really uh, do, do that psychedelic experience justice, but, but you, can, you can speak to that through drawing. So, so a lot of my drawings are um, kind of reflective of these, these very kind of abstract spirally or, or character cartoony based stuff that, that, that are, you know, inspired by the psychedelic experience or, or, um, you know, dreams or surrealism and, and stuff like that. So, um, so yeah, it's all in the book. Check it out. 
check out the book. Do you have any art for sale or any other things for sale that people can check out? Or is it um, just that? Yeah, I got a, uh, an Etsy site, uh, Future Colors. It's called Future Colors. Um, and uh, my partner, Ayana, runs that. And uh, we sell a poster on there. And I've, I've got a few like little pieces of artwork and stuff on there. So yeah, check it out. It's called Future Colors awesome. on Etsy. Oh, dude, final... Um, Final thought, uh, do you think um, you made some some merch with um, Blake and Steak that's like famously in a storage storage bin somewhere um, that's in the documentary? Do you think it's ever going to come out or what? Think the, Or is what happened to that all the clothes, the Pepe clothes? Uh, I have a couple of bins of it, but I think a lot of it had to be <sighs> destroyed. Damn. Unfortunately. Yeah, I had they. I I have a couple of I had a couple of those shirts that uh, were, you know, <laughs> I left the, the box at Goodwill a few years ago just to play it safe. Yeah, yeah. Um, which I think is uh, you know, I think Matt would agree is a safe is a safe move on my part. But they were good. Great, they, work, uh, great work. Um, Thank you. And thanks for coming on the pod. Oh yeah, it's been great. great. Thanks, guys. Nice, nice Thanks, talking guys. with you. Everybody, if you didn't pause it already, go. Uh, you know, put down your phone and go buy slash rent. Feels good, man, and check it out. Um, thanks for listening. Yes, sir.